0: The following is an exclusive presentation of News Radio 680, WPTF, and 98.5 FM. This is the Turning Your Life Around podcast, presented by 180 Counseling, hosted by founder Sarah Coates, a licensed clinical mental health counselor. In this podcast, Sarah and her team of therapists will dive deep into many topics on mental health care. Here's your host, Sarah Coates. Hello, and welcome to the Turning Your Life Around podcast. I'm joined today by my dear friend, Phil Goostwhite, a licensed marriage and family therapist. Welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you, Sarah. This is a wonderful opportunity to be together with you and, and with our listeners. Thank you.
0: Awesome, I'm so glad you're here today. And you know, I consider you such a mentor for myself. You are such a seasoned clinician. You've been in this field for how many years?
1: Well, if you count everything I've been doing since I was 22, which would be 46 years.
0: Right. So lots of experience and expertise you're bringing here to the podcast. And if you will, just take a minute, share a little bit about how you got into the field of marriage and family therapy.
1: Well, my father was a pastor, and so I was born into a clergyman's family from about two weeks of age. I was in church every Sunday. And whenever else, mom and dad dragged me there. So as I uh, matured through high school years, I felt called into the ministry myself and started preparing to do that even in high school and then went to college and uh, was actually a history major in college and began pastoring a small church while I was in seminary. So I was about 22 years old when I started to preach in my first pulpit. So I started fledglingly to try to counsel people who had needs based on whatever it was that I knew at that time, which certainly wasn't very much. Along through that time in seminary, a friend of mine and a man who became a great mentor to me, I was invited to be a participant in the United States Army Chaplain Reserve opportunity. And Chaplain Ron Miller got me into that field and I began to consider what that might look like. So when I graduated from seminary, I began that process that led me to being a pastor, as well as considering how to try to do ministry to the U.S. Armed Forces. After a few years of that, I decided that it would be an interesting opportunity to go on active duty, which we did for 20 years. And one of the reasons I did that was because I felt inadequate, actually, as a pastor therapist. I didn't know really how to counsel people in a way that could utilize Not just uh, what we knew from biblical instruction, but more of the art of therapy, if you will, that we have from more of the secular field added to that. So I had heard that the Army Chaplain Corps had a program called the Family Chaplain Training Program, and I thought... I would learn how to be a much better pastoral counselor if I was in the army. And so we launched to do that, and I ended up at Fort Carson, Colorado, which happened to be the major installation in the entire world that had the greatest opportunity to grow as a young family therapist. One of the founding members of the American Association for Marriage and Family Therapy, was a wonderful gentleman, and he had been a retired priest. Actually, he left the priesthood to get married, and he stayed as a Roman Catholic, but became a professional therapist. And he happened to be one of our contractors whom the chaplaincy paid to come on to post to work with us week by week by week. And Marty Olson was his name, And he was just an amazing instructor and a wonderful guy with a great pastoral heart. And the idea of becoming a marriage and family therapist really took root in my heart during that first year, 1982, in the Army Chaplaincy. From there, it just grew and grew and grew. Eventually, I was selected to go to formalized schooling by the U.S. Army Chaplaincy, and when I was 40 years of age, I began my second master's program at Columbus State University in Columbus, Georgia, in conjunction with Fort Benning, which was the school of the infantry, the home of the infantry, and they became our major source of client work. So in conjunction with that, we spent a year and a few months and then shipped off to Stuttgart, Germany to begin the process of getting fully accredited as a therapist and doing supervision. I then retired in 2001, right after 9-11, and pastored a church for a little while and associated myself with a counseling agency in Pennsylvania. And the bug bit me really badly. And after a couple of four years, I decided I wanted to go full-time as a family therapist and became fully licensed at that time through the state of Pennsylvania, and I've been doing it ever since.
0: And you found your way to North Carolina.
1: Came to North Carolina because my son and his wife moved here, and they had a baby girl. And two and a half years into family traveling, eight hours to see grandbaby was too much. And so we found a position down here in North Carolina and arrived the day after our second granddaughter was born. That was a little over eight years ago, and we have been here in North Carolina. And a couple of three years later, I met you and came from that other Practice to working for 180.
0: Yep. And I'm so glad that God directed your path to land at 180. And, of course, I fully enjoy having you on our team and, you know, just hearing more about your journey in this field of marriage and family therapy. This is why we all lean on you with such a wealth of wisdom.
1: Well, you can't be more excited than I have been. (laughs) to join such a wonderful organization, God used you to form just a couple of years before I met you.
0: Well, thank you for that. Today, Christmas Day, Merry Christmas, and And to to all our listeners that celebrate the holidays, whether it's Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, Christmas, we just want to say Happy Holidays and Merry Christmas to everyone listening. The holidays aren't so happy for everyone. And so appropriate that today we're talking about when the holidays aren't so happy. I think it's easy for people who enjoy the holiday season and they get wrapped up in all the lights and celebration. And it's easy for people to forget that there are many across our country in the world who don't feel so merry. During this time of year. So, thanks for spending a few minutes of your day to share with the listeners how to navigate and help loved ones and friends when the holidays aren't so happy for them. Thinking about that, what are a couple thoughts you have about maybe why the holidays wouldn't be happy for all?
1: Well, the list is long and deep. I'll never forget an experience I had as a young chaplain in Hawaii when a woman called me on Christmas Day. I happened to have the duty over the holiday, and she was distraught because her sergeant husband had taken their family Christmas tree in the middle of Christmas Day tore it up and threw it outside wow and she was distraught for herself but more for her children and didn't know what to do and so i had an interview with her that day and tried to provide some support and offered some continued assistance for the family in the days to come interestingly back in those days we referred her back to her family chaplain in her battalion and i didn't hear from her for about a year and a half And about that time, I became her chaplain because I was assigned to her husband's unit. Lo and behold, I got another phone call one day from her a year and a half later, and I found out that that same sergeant was so awful, he had actually been molesting their daughter, but she hadn't known it at the time of the Christmas tree incident and only discovered it just uh, days before she called me. Their daughter, who was then around 14, finally shared what was going on with her to one of her teachers at school. And that led to great pain and agony for trying to help them deal with such a horrible series of eventualities that occurred. And of course, it led to divorce. It led to him being Mm court-martialed. And of course, I was right in the middle of that then because it was my commanding officer who had to execute all of that so there's all kinds of family troubles out there and people can look wonderful on the outside But we have no idea sometimes what's really going on behind closed doors.
0: So I can only imagine for families like the one you just described, this time of year is just a reminder of past trauma. And so, of course, the holidays aren't very happy and merry this time of year because it triggers their past trauma.
1: Exactly so. When we've had good experience in our childhood, for example, and we remember Christmases fondly, We really want to duplicate that, which can lead to a different kind of stress as we get older and then have children. And we want our kids to have the same magic Mm. of Christmas or of Hanukkah or any holiday, religiously or not. The negative problem, of course, is that we don't understand. Those of us who've had those good experiences don't understand that there are literally millions of people who had horror stories around Christmas. And they find that just the holiday itself coming creates great anxiety, even if they're trying to make up for that and to make it better for their own children. They can't enjoy Christmas themselves because of the horrible memories of the traumas they had as children. So one of the wonderful things we have opportunity to do in therapy is sometimes to help them deal with their trauma Mm. so that they can once again, even as adults, even in middle life, They can maybe for the first time in their lives actually embrace the holiday and enjoy that experience not only for their children's sake, but for themselves as well. And that is a fantastic joy when people can experience that.
0: Well, and so something you said a minute ago made me think another theme that comes up or I hear during the holidays with my clients is I feel compelled to be perfect and maybe they're trying to rewrite history. So they had awful memories in the past and now they're trying to make this Christmas season or their current season perfect and wonderful for their children. So they're not repeating the past history. So then there's this drive to make the holidays perfect, which we all know perfection's unattainable.
1: Absolutely. Totally unattainable. But there's so many streams of influence that can cause that idea of perfectionism. The more perfect the family background of the child, the harder in some ways Mm. to try to duplicate that. And then, of course, we have the wonder and the marvel of Hallmark Channel. And Hallmark Channel does a fabulous job of showing us mostly the eventuality of the perfect Christmas. It doesn't always start out that way. Some people have some issues from their past, but it always ends up perfectly. And, of course, with snowing and the wonderful kiss at the end. Yep. We like to think that that's how all of our plans work out. but. In reality, they really don't sometimes. And family stresses being together with in-laws and siblings and their families can create such unnecessary pressure and can cause bad memories, really, even though people knock themselves out to try to be perfect and have the exact duplication of whatever their memory is that they want for perfection for their children and their family. It's just unattainable.
0: It's unattainable. And then you just brought up another point another idea I have for why the holidays aren't happy for all is gathering with family members and I know this year will probably look different like lots of holidays in 2020 have looked different but in the past gathering with family members that you don't get along with that maybe you have a history of past trauma with now because there has been such great political division you have family members that are at odds politically socially morally and it just creates havoc during the holidays
1: Absolutely. There's a wonderful book. I get no residuals from this, (laughs) but two Christian psychologists wrote a book called Boundaries, and subsequently they wrote a number of other books, Boundaries in Marriage, Boundaries with Children, and they're really communication experts. Dr. Henry Cloud and Dr. John Townsend have come together for this book. It's a great book to help people understand how to navigate any kind of an issue that they have with their families of origin and families of origin of their siblings, relatives, etc. Families coming together are filled with complicated conflict, often from two, three generations past. Mm. And sometimes it seems like we are destined to live out the agony and sometimes the ecstasy of what those types of legacies are for us. But understanding that we can change the past in the sense that we don't have to be driven by those things, but we can take charge of them through the use of boundaries to create a much healthier, much better, much safer, and even more happy and joyous celebration with and without family. Yeah. So I always encourage my clients to think through what do you want to accomplish for you and your family? How is it going to be best to do that? Perhaps visits with home could be shorter or at least uh, intermixed with some days off from family Mm -hmm. so that your own personal family can share in some of the richness of being separate in your own family that you're trying to create. So mixing it up. Even just that alone can take some pressure off of people so that they can make a better enjoyment of the holidays, regardless of their religious traditions.
0: Yeah, that's good. So that would be definitely a way to create some boundary is just recognizing limitations in time and kind of separating yourself by not spending so much time together is what you're saying it sounds like. What are some other considerations for individuals and families that might not find the holidays so merry?
1: Well, you know, one of the thoughts that hits me on this Christmas day, which is the day that Christ Jesus was born, we forget in our modern day sometimes just what kind of world he was born into. Mm. Joseph and Mary were required to travel from Nazareth to Bethlehem. He on foot, because she was pregnant, she was on a donkey, mm-hmm. not exactly what we would consider as luxurious traveling. They traveled to Bethlehem with no advanced reservations, no credit cards, just the hope that somehow God the Father was going to protect them. And so they journeyed there under a government that was not particularly responsive to the people. We get upset if we have to drive 20 minutes to do some kind of government, whatever we have to do, whether it's paying our taxes or uh, getting our driver's licenses. And sometimes we have to wait a little bit. Can you imagine our government making us travel by foot for mile after mile after mile, days journey away, with no provisions whatsoever, all on our dime, just to sign up and let them know we exist.
0: (laughs) I never really thought about it that way.
1: We get upset with our government today, right? And today is a, a weird time for us. We're between administrations. And some people are sad about that. Some people are hopeful and glad about that. But all of us are wondering what's next. And we can get very irate with those who we elect to serve us and forget that they're people too. Mm. They've got all kinds of stressors. And the idea of making us all happy is really pretty crazy. Talking about perfectionism, uh, no one can do that either. So maybe we should be a little bit kinder to those who serve us. And yet at the same time, try to hold them accountable so that our boundaries work for all of us. And we can all do what the constitution says, right? To (laughs) seek life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, but not forgetting others' needs too.
0: So you were mentioning Joseph and Mary traveling this way, all to do something the the government mandated. I just picture how unmarried they must
1: have felt. Absolutely. Frustrated, fearful. We can't even imagine what must have been going on in their minds. And then to arrive in Bethlehem and they find out that there's no room, the final inn they went to, the innkeeper had a bit of compassion and said, well, I have a stable. And so there they decided would be the best place for them to try to make a cozy, somewhat sterile, somewhat clean environment because she was really pregnant. And so this baby was born into that environment. Absolutely astonishing that God somehow would become one with us and do so in such humble beginnings. Their holiday was far from perfect. They were celebrating their own Jewishness, Mm -hmm. and they had been through centuries centuries of difficulties and hadn't heard a single word from God directly for over 300 years before he came. So whether we celebrate Hanukkah or Christmas, we have to remember God's always been meeting us at our point of need, even when things seem dark and lonely. And obviously life isn't perfect, but life itself is our greatest gift.
0: You're listening to the Turning Your Life Around podcast, and I'm talking today with Phil Goosewhite about when the holidays aren't so happy. Just hearing you talk about the actual Christmas story makes me think that perhaps Christmas has been stressful since the get go. <laughs> the stress of Mary it seems so right, and so here it just continues, centuries on, and it could be difficult for many people. What are maybe some hopeful encouragements you could? share with the listeners about how to navigate the rest of this day and the rest of the holiday season if they're not feeling so merry?
1: Well, the first thing is to, of course, appreciate the fact that we're alive. We forget sometimes that gratitude begins really with that amazing, astonishing reality. We're living, breathing creatures. Sometimes we're more comfortable than at other times. Sometimes our families. Cause us problems, and sometimes we just miss them so much, especially when they're gone, or we live at a distance from them. And so it brings up the whole subject really of what do the holidays mean? The original word, for holy day and so we have a variety a multicultural environment in which we live of folks who gather from all kinds of places on the earth and bring different religions to us to this land and so some celebrate hanukkah some christmas some kwanzaa and others who bring other religious traditions and in america that's kind of what makes us unique Mm is that we believe in the separation of church and state and the freedom for people to worship God Mm. or even choose not to believe in one according to the dictates of their own conscience. We forget that sometimes, Mm. that that is actually the thing that makes us the most unique nation on earth. And So instead of trying to persuade everybody that we're right about everything, and then we have to be perfect, which none of us can attain, perhaps the greatest gift we could give ourselves is some compassion Mm. about life And its journey filled with ups and downs, joys and sorrows. The book of Ecclesiastes says there's a time to be born and a time to die, a time to gather together, a time to give away. At this season of the year, there's a lot of people who have been bereft even recently of loved ones, Yeah. some through COVID-19 others through other tragedies that happen in life. But the stark reality hits us all that all of us know we're not going to be here forever. As far as we know, we're the only part of the animal kingdom that understands our own death and that it's coming for all of us sometime. That makes us unique among all the creatures upon the earth. But the very fact that we can reflect on that can also cause us to have a deep sense of humility and gratefulness. At root, we're all spiritual, even if we're not religious, because humans believe in such things as love and compassion, friendship, fidelity, and faithfulness. We have a sense of shared community and depending upon one another, which some animals share with us, of course, but not to the degree of humanity. And so happiness depends on happenstance. Hmm. Real joy is different. Joy comes from a deeper place. And for some of us, it comes from our religious traditions and our understandings of God's working with the world we believe God created. But however we understand our spirituality, to be able to be humble enough to accept breathing and living as the greatest joy we have, and then somehow to create meaning, that's the other thing that makes humans unique, is we're always making meaning out of everything in life. Harder to do when we're not particularly happy or when things aren't going our way, but certainly a task we all have because we all face different ups and downs in life. And if we can reach out to each other, not just at holiday time, but every day, maybe we can help each other in this journey, this pilgrimage of life.
0: Those are some good words of wisdom to kind of conclude this episode with. Well, Phil, I so appreciate you joining us today on this Christmas Day, and I want to wish you and yours a very Merry Christmas, and I appreciate your time.
1: And the same to you and to all of our listeners. You've been listening to the
0: Turning Your Life Around podcast presented by 180 Counseling with five triangle locations to serve you. Learn more at 1-80counseling.com this has been an exclusive presentation of News Radio 680 WPTF and 98.5 FM, a Curtis Media Group station.